0: Welcome to Las Doctoras podcast, led by our intuition, we are creating space for conversations, asking critical questions, and interrogating the oppressive systems of power we live in. We are your hosts. I am Dr. Renee Limas, pronouns she, her, hers. I'm a Cancer sun and moon with Pisces rising, mother of water.
1: I am Dr. Christina Rose, pronouns she, they. Virgo sun, Aquarius moon, Gemini rising, mother of earth. We are grounded in a connection to ancestral wisdom. Our work is to heal the wounds of generational trauma that is of white male and cis hetero supremacy, all while we create a way of being that celebrates, truly revels in the joy of our families and our community.
0: Join us on our journey, not toward perfection, but into reflection, immersed in compassionate self-awareness and courageous action.
1: Come sit at our kitchen table, sip on some tequila with us, and let's change our world. Salud!
0: All right. Hello.
1: Welcome, everyone, to our. 40th episode. 40th episode.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm like, I feel like we should have balloons. 40th episode. Um, what do we have to say about that? I think. Wow, we're in our or fourth season. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I have to do that.
1: I love how we how we know. Is it, I think it's our fourth season. We Right? Oh. Mm. Uh,
0: I think uh, it's our fourth we're season. We're so good. Yeah. um, 40th episode, I think that it's um, I don't I can't even believe it with the other day when I because, you know, we just kind of put them out there and we kind of don't keep track. And then the other day I looked at it and we were at like 37 and then we just released 38 and we recorded 39 yesterday and we're recording mm-hmm. 40 now. Like it is mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a wow moment. I don't know, you know, three years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, what we kind of imagined but here we are and
1: yeah season four we're in season four yes 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 yes
0: confirming
1: <laughs> I had to look it up yeah but season four. Um, yeah there's a lot of that four in the the I feel like for us right now like with the Saint Lunita magazine our fourth mm-hmm. you know, season mm-hmm. of that and um to me four is just this beautiful number of completion um of full circle you know mm. of a, of a circle and um actually um it's coming up in jaguar's lessons on math i which mm-hmm. i totally it's like this whole you know what four numbers are just numbers they represent things they represent you know we mm. get two we get harmony with three the triangle four the four directions the four seasons and it just feels like I feel that immensely right now, especially being in the winter too, I guess too, Mm -hmm. just like kind of the end of the year. I feel like we are kind of at the end of the beginning or the beginning of the end or something like Mm -hmm. that for us. End of the beginning. Um, And it feels wonderful. You know, (laughs) you know, when you get to be 48 years
0: old, I hope, I
1: I just want to say, there's a great sense, you know, we have done, Good things in our lives. Mm. We've done a lot, and so you know, reaching forty um, episodes, forty years, we just can look back and just be so proud, you know, of the many different yeah. lives and the many different um, expressions, you know, conversations, dialogue, and I just, just love like this conversation today is mm-hmm. bringing up a lot for me, and it's always been that way. How is mm-hmm. that, that we can continue
0: to have just- conver- like fruitful discussions. I, I mean, I think that, I mean, I even, I look at our first season, I'm like, dang, we were talking about some good things there. There was a lot of really juicy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and I think here in this fourth season, we've talked a lot about a lot of juicy stuff. Um, you know, definitely lots of like ranting, um, but I think that's important. And I think, um, I don't know, I think our conversations and our discussions reach people um, in a certain way. I think we've, we've received a lot of feedback, um, you know, lots of good reviews. Somebody said they listened to it on a road trip with their boyfriend, which I think is funny. I'm like, christina we're going on vacation with these people like our it's just that's that's so strange to me you know or somebody else said they made their husband listen to it i was like oh god like
1: (laughs) please take a a picture please do like one of those shots you know like videos i do drop it to us because gosh that would be such a cool i mean it's it's an image in my mind but i'd love to see actually how that played out like on the road you know
0: yeah and and you know feel free to please leave us a review on itunes it's it's really helpful for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, let's get into our topic for today. I feel like, <sighs> I feel like when I'm teaching, our topic for today is, you know uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um,
1: You're good topic for breath? Okay.
0: Yeah,
1: or let's do it. Yeah.
0: Our topic for today is something that I think we're going to be covering over the next few episodes with um, guests. Um, but we wanted to have to kind of ground this topic in the conversation between us um, about masculinity you know we kind of said that at the beginning of the season you know that that was going to be a big topic that we were going to cover
1: but then we took a journey into the underworld right (laughs) we took a journey to lan and underworld and now Yeah. We needed to go there. Yeah. We talked, we talked
0: about death and then we talked a lot about the state of academia, which is something obviously that's so um, important to us because so relevant to us because it's, it's our everyday lived experience. Um, And here we are, you know, back to our plan to talk about masculinity. And, you know, I think we're just to kind of paint the arc of where, you know, of our conversation, it's, we're going to look a little bit at where it all sort of mm, where we sort of learned about masculinity. But I think where we eventually want to land is what is the, the models for masculinity that we want our children to have, um, especially because they are boys. Right. Especially mm-hmm. because they identify mm-hmm. as boys. And we know that the world out there is going to feed them this very Mm -hmm. dangerous (laughs) form Mm -hmm. of masculinity, not just dangerous for others, but dangerous for themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so how can we interject in that, you know, knowing that we can't stop them from getting these messages of toxic masculinity, but can we give them alternatives, you know? Um, But let's start at the beginning with exploring our own, journey um, of masculinity. and I think um, you know something that comes up for me is looking at my parents and on one hand, my dad, who was, you know, the man in my life. Um, but I always felt there that, that there was a conscious attempt for him to, not perpetuate that kind of toxic masculinity it's not to say that he didn't do that because i think there were ways that he he still sort of held this like masculine standard or the standard of masculinity but it wasn't the kind that he had from his father right because my my grandfather was a very typical mexican man very traditional you know which meant you know, physical, verbal, emotional abuse, all of that stuff. And, um, I think that, you know, and my dad and I never had this conversation explicitly, but I think that my dad tried to knew that that wasn't the way to go, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think he tried, he really was conscious about not being that way to us, you know, um, However, (laughs) however, I think that him and my mom, you know, because I actually think my mom was the more masculine one, but because she comes from a long line of women that had to survive, you know, and 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 for generations, women survived by perpetuating and performing a level of toxic masculinity as well. Right. It was sort of like, I can't beat you. So I'll join you kind of thing. Right. Like, um, and I think my dad in the same like their intentions were good. Right. Like my dad was the type to be like, don't, you should never have to depend on a man. And, you know, you can, you are just as strong as a man. Like he was always very, like giving me that message. um, Mm -hmm. But the way he, he he held me to the same standard as he held my brother right like mm-hmm. instead of saying like it's okay that you're feminine and you're strong because of your femininity it was like no you can be as strong as a man by being better than a man at being a man right like you can be better than like a like very
1: first wave very first wave feminism, very first wave, very like right? yeah like
0: i'm gonna teach you how to this is the standard it.
1: equality looks like you getting to yes up, to that, up yes. to that level
0: yeah yeah he was like i'm gonna teach you how to change a car in your or your your tire you know like there was a lot of skills, right? That, and yeah. honestly, like I look back and I'm very appreciative of that because I just put together a whole cabinet right now for my pantry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did um, jaguar's
0: bed, you know. Like, ooh, man, so yeah. I mean, I'm I'm appreciative of it on one hand, but I'm like. I think there, especially times when like I was emotional and obviously being a triple water sign now and I look back, I'm like, of course I was fucking emotional about everything. There was this sense of like, I was also told like, you know, don't cry. You gotta be tough. Like don't cry or don't show emotion. And so I had to kind of suppress my emotion in order to prove that I was just as strong as a boy.
1: (laughs) I feel like my eye is twitching and like there's a lot of feelings coming up. Um, and I just feel like there's so much to this topic. I love though. Nice. Thank you for starting with our family and our home life. <laughs> I think we've talked about this. Um, my dad's dad, uh, Victor Smith, um, from Missouri, <laughs> um, world war II soldier, you know, in the war met my Lola, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, was it? was awful. And, mm. and, um, didn't take care, gamble, you know, just Victor is the word we use. Don't, don't be Victor, you know, don't mm. be like Victor in the family as opposed to my, my mom's and dad, my abuelo, we call Papa and pa- Papa means, you know, it's even said like Papa not like in the American set, whatever, but it uh, mm-hmm. means like loving grandfather. It means mm-hmm. like loving masculinity. There's this real strong, this like, opposition there you know yeah like dichotomy this is what a great grandfather a good grandfather looks like this is what like you know the worst kind looks like Mm. um and my dad in response i'm hearing this with your dad too maybe is he was like i'm going to be a good dad Mm. i'm going to provide i mean there's Mm. a reason why our dads work for the you know the sheriff's department Mm -mm. like there is like it was a steady job it Mm -hmm. um it was just a job um, mm-hmm. and it was a way to be a good father, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and it meant, um, as opposed to being like their fathers, you know? Um, yeah. but then my dad never really talked also. He still does not like to talk about, you know, he won't go into how, how bad it was, you know, he'll try to stay yeah. out the positives and he won't get into it. You know, um, it's little stories here and there that
0: I'm hearing. I'm like, I'm sorry. What, what did you say? Did you just say, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Like in passing, you're like, wait, what?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I think my dad was similar.
0: Awesome. But my mom obviously, because my mom and dad you have known each other, you know, mm-hmm. knew each other since they were teenagers. So she was actually witness to a lot of that dynamic. Yeah. So the only way I even know about that is because my mom would say, Oh no, your grandfather, you know, was blah, blah, blah. And so I mean, okay, it's same thing. Occasionally my dad would throw in a here and there, like, oh, my dad. Um but yeah, there was, there was not a lot of, of, of talking about that other than, yeah, in, in his, you know, my dad was very, cause I think a big thing that my grandfather had these expectations, cause my dad was the oldest yeah. and it was like, you have to do A, B and C. And they were also, he, at least my grandfather was of a generation
1: when they mm-hmm. came to the United
0: States, their plan was to only be here for a little bit. Like they were going to, the plan was to always go back and yeah. Ah, so it was I don't know, they were living in this kind of weird situation. And I, I think he never wanted my dad to like, I don't know, be a part of the cult. Like, I don't know. It was this weird, strange thing. Um, mm-hmm. And he was very traditionalist, even in language. He would say, like, you either only speak English or you only speak Spanish, like none of this bilingual Spanglish stuff. Like he was very mm-hmm. And he said, and he would make my dad like read the newspaper in Spanish and like write reports,
1: like Mm -hmm. very,
0: just like super strict. Um, And I think, and, and my dad had a lot of dreams that my grandfather always shot down. Ah. And so my dad, it was forced my dad to be rebellious and all this stuff. So I think for us, he was always like, he, he tried his, as much as he could to support those dreams that we had, you know, like, yes, go and do it, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the same time, again, like I said, still kind of holding this, like, well, if you're going to do it, you got to, you got to have a, a tough exterior, you know, you got, the world is cruel. You know what I mean? Like that kind of um, idea, like the world is cruel. And so you need to be ready for it. You need to have tough skin, you know?
1: I think I also learned about this a lot from my mom too, which is interesting, of course, mm-hmm. you know, how we learn, um, But also, I think maybe a little different or how I would name it is I think my parents fought over who is going to be the more like who is going to perform masculinity the best, who's going to be more Mm. dominant. You know, actually, I think my dad, he's an Aries, but he's he's like a teddy bear, you know, and he like he like or I don't know what teddy bear. He's a bull in a China shop, actually. I'm sorry. (laughs) I haven't talked about it, but he's. He's so tender hearted. I mean, he would listen, mm. he would do karaoke all the time if he could, you know, I think.
0: Um, my dad too. My dad loved karaoke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but he had to perform He was the youngest of, you know, I, I always remember five, four brothers and a sister. He was the second and the youngest. He just got, he just learned how to perform masculinity so well, you know, mm. and that, and I think my mom, when they, because they got married when they she was like 18, you know, at some point she kind of decided she was st- going to stop listening to his performance of masculinity and step into her own, I think. And like, so it's mm-hmm. just been very, I, I can't disclose how, which how, I think, I think, uh, I think that house, <laughs> ugh, you know, the tension I think we've talked about yeah. in both of our parents' relationship is, is very much yeah. there.
0: And I think that brings us to even the way our mothers performed toxic masculinity and what that looked like. I mean, and it's not my mom is is just a product of that because, you know, as far back as I know, my great grandmother, she was a single mom in the in the depression, and you know, with all these kids, and she had to mm-hmm. kind of hustle, you know, like became a hustler, and so again, it was like the world is fucked up, and we are. That's we your are mom's
1: mom, right? Your mom. This is mom? my mom's
0: mom's mom, my great grandmother. So she was just this like tough cookie, and even people who I met her a few times when I was really little, but people who really have memories, of, yeah, she was this tough cookie, you know, and um and and that was the way of survival. And then my grandmother was like that too, you know, and yeah. and um when her my so my you know my grandmother's from Texas and my grandfather's from Chihuahua, but when they came to California, you know, again it was like it was just survival, right? They were living for the next day. They were living to put food on their table. And so there was this, this very harsh kind of, you know, standard. And and my mom was the oldest of six and she had to take on parenting responsibilities pretty young and household responsibilities and financial responsibilities very young. And so again, there was this like, yeah, my mom had to be tough. She had to be tough because she was the one that had a you know handle a lot of situations and so then I think me growing up it was like you know she it was like her thing was like you need to be able to survive without like that's what she would say it was weird like you need to be able to survive without me and you know you need to be able to be tough and and she Ah! oh my god go
1: for it (laughs) tell it no and she yeah
0: yeah, go 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 Mm -hmm.
1: No, I just want to say our ancestors really are conspiring, Renee. When you you like you yes. that story, like my 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 mom's mom's mom, Rosa, you know, like she was her husband left her and all the my kids mom's mom's mom's
0: her. name was Rosa too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then, you know, and then my, 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 my abuela Priscilla, she also had to be, tough. her message to me always was you got to, got to take care of yourself. You can't, you can't depend on men to take care of you. You got to have mm-hmm. a job, you know, and there, mm-hmm. there is a, a huge money. message of, <laughs> yes, yeah, a huge message of survival. And in order to survive, you, you become uh, assertive, aggressive mm-hmm. when needed, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: woo. woo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and it was I mean, my mom had such a tough exterior, like she put on this performance of masculinity so much that, I mean, people really thought she was a bitch. I mean, sometimes would straight up be like, oh, your mom, you know, like it. Th- there was just this thought like and she I think because she knew that, but also knew like, oh, well, and so she kind of learned to not give a shit. You know, she was like, Yeah, people think I'm a bitch. I don't care. Like, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to make a life for my family. You know, people can think whatever they want to think about. And so it was, and sometimes we're just learning
1: this now. We're just learning this now.
0: So, (laughs) and I, and sometimes I'm still like, Man, she is so unapologetic. I don't know how she Uh does it. Like, she'll go into an argument with people and rip you to shreds and then walk away. (laughs) And like, like nothing. And I'm like, uh, oh man, I can't do that. I, I, you know, maybe that's a lesson I should learn. But I think,
1: but that sounds like t- toxic performative masculinity too. Yeah. You know, like you're not able to, like, you, you can't lose face. You can't, you can't lose ground. You got to can't, like, the yes. argument has to stand. You have to stand by it, right? Or, di- you know, you yes. die by that. Um, And, and that it's, and, worst, you, don't, and it- you don't apologize for being aggressive yeah. or assertive either because that, that is also how you survive, you know, like, um, you don't want to be
0: weak, Weak. you don't want to be weak, that's exactly what, like, you don't want to show weakness, and I think, you know, this is why, you know, I've come such a long way with my mom, because I've had to have empathy for her, because she is, again, a product of this generational trauma, that we're trying to survive patriarchy, right, like, you know, um, on some level, my mom did perform the typical. You know, she was she wasn't a stay at home mom by any means, but she cooked and she cleaned and she did all the things that a proper wife is supposed to do. And at Remember, the same time,
1: our, our mothers are hairdress, you know, cosmologists, cosmetologists, yeah, cosmologist. yeah.
0: cosmetologists. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, yeah. but at this, like, so the, it was weird. It was like you know, she did her wifely duty, but she was also very like. Very smart. She was the one who my dad may have had the money to pay the bills, but my mom yeah. wrote the checks. Right, like that's how I always explained yeah. it. She was the one who kept track of everything, and because of that, she got to say what you know what went where. And you know, back then, I would always say, "Oh, she wears the pants," you know. But that's that's very sexist, <laughs> right? Because anybody wore pants. Um, <laughs> but I think, um, but it just kind of taught me, and even her message was just like that like, don't cry, be tough, be strong, you know? And so there wasn't always that tenderness when dealing with tender moments, right? It was like, it was very much of if something happened, it was like, okay, you gotta, we gotta get through it. Like, you gotta get over it. You gotta, you gotta fucking move past it, right? Like there was no, like, let me hug you and walk you through your emotions Which again, now that I can look back and be like, well, of course I was an emotional mess because I'm, you know, all these water signs in my chart. Um, I couldn't help but be emotional, but there wasn't always that room, you know, to do that in my house because again, there was this like, no, we need to get through the fucking day. You're not going to get through life if you're going to sit there and cry about everything, you know, that was the message.
1: This is what I talked about with Sylvia last night in group therapy. Actually, mm. I was like, I confess that I feel like I turn into my father or my mother and mm. I turn into, um, and actually I'm queuing up when doves cry for our outro, for part <laughs> of our outro. <laughs> um, Cause I do, I feel like I, I, you know, Sunday morning going to church was hell on mm. earth. It was just so like, like, I don't know, like it was just Crazy energy to just get out mm. the door and go, and with such expectation and such, uh, ang- like anger. Like, get it ready. You gotta get out the door. Yeah. You know, like. And then my parents were arguing, and then and my mom. Oh, just. I'm just, yeah. I, I named last night that I feel, I feel like my parents, this may or may not be like them the case. when I, when I turn, when I um, explode um, mm-hmm, like I'm, mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, I'm, oh, I'm done. Just ugh, you know, like, Yeah. 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 And, um, or when I feel like I'm the victim, you know, like I'm just like,
0: ugh, um, it's my
1: body. why are you treating me this way?
0: oh my six-year-old
1: why are you treating me that's why like i i I, i'm not i'm not hyper aware of it but as 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 my child gets older there's just there's just a lot that comes up so i got a lot of parent work that i've been doing and (laughs) we'll continue to do that Mm -hmm. but there is um there is this wonderful thing that we're doing which is is looking at our family of origin for what is it that we saw you know what what did we learn that we needed to do in order to Mm -hmm. survive but also because the message was right I think this is a message we hear you know their role was to survive ours was to like succeed you know like and Mm -hmm. I think that I think there was another added layer of um of pressure to Mm -hmm. be be idyllic, you know, in like, I Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about it. You probably, we've talked about here in the podcast, but the ways that in high school, you know, we used power, both like uh, a masculinity in our, Mm -hmm. in our who we were and also a femininity in who we are to really have a lot of control, have them have as much control as we could have. In the yeah.
0: situations that we had, you know, um, um, our, yeah, that's it. I, mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was getting. I was writing down to make is thinking about like, you know, there's so many much more of a nuanced conversation now about gender identity than I think we had access to when we were kids. Mm-hmm. It didn't mean that we didn't have those same questions that this generation does. We just didn't have that language. We didn't have the space. We didn't have the room the capacity to talk about it other than, um, you know, when I talk about gender and gender as a social construct in my classes, I I kind of ask the question, like, how many of you all were considered or considered yourself a tomboy when you were younger, right? And what does that actually mean? And is there a, a, a version for, like, boys, right? Like, you know, Um, But I think it was and I was very much, you know, between like 10, 11, 12, 13, um, very much a tomboy in that um, at the time, all I had access to was I knew that the world saw girls differently, Mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't want to be seen that way. I didn't want to be seen as weak. So Mm -hmm. I took on this very boyish Mm -hmm. persona both in my attitude and Mm -hmm. in my like what I wore like I wore Doc Mm -hmm. Martin I was you know it was the time of grunge so Mm -hmm. I was I was very grunge and you know like
1: I describe that outfit I want to hear it and I'll I'll describe I'll describe mine yeah yeah
0: so I had my Doc Martens my Uh jeans my flannel either around Uh my waist or like you know Uh over my other shirt Um, and I'm like, I think my hair was, I always went between like long and short and, you know, but, um, but just very like, and I, I was very conscious about putting out off this like tough exterior, this like, don't fuck with me, you know, especially when, you know, things happened in in childhood. And I was like, oh no, it it became tough, like much more tougher. And I almost took pride in being that like tough girl, you know, being the like one, especially as I went into high school, like, no, nobody's going to fuck with me, you know? Yeah. Um, But that came at the cost of not being able to show my vulnerability. And then like, I almost did like forgot how to do that at some point. Like, how do I, how do I be vulnerable?
1: That was, that was how it what it did to us you know
0: I really yeah. agree with
1: mm-hmm. that like being like kind of saying this doesn't affect me like this this detachment from like feeling mm-hmm. and from actual mm-hmm. like sensitivity being very highly sensitive people right like mm-hmm. so my ideal outfit I'm trying to imagine if this was like late <laughs> high school or early college I shaved my head I wore mm-hmm. those Doc Martens the little mm-hmm. wing not the Mary Janes but the wingtip ones the brown uh-huh. ones uh-huh. I at Nordstrom for 100 bucks and it returned you know like <laughs> 10 years later for 100 you know my money back, but um, I was tried like pants, corduroy pants, uh and mm-hmm. a turtleneck, and then I wore like this like <laughs> I wore I wore one of these like newsies caps. I swear, I like. Oh my I, god, I, I
0: loved a newsie hat. I,
1: I did it. I did it. And sometimes I still think, God, yeah, you were just so fucking amazing. You know,
0: like yeah, that was. Yeah. I can't believe you. we were ahead of our time.
1: We were ahead of our time. You know, if they, again, we, I think we said this, they had they, them, then I, you know, we would have like yes,
0: we have yeah. heavily
1: leaned into it and who knows what our lives would be like now. And I still think part of us like love and cherish that part and want to bring it into like the present in ways that we just, yeah, uh, we're still I, working think- on that.
0: That's the thing that, like, because I think about but with
1: emotions, with attachment, with like, right, right. Like, a, mo- a, a, whole, a
0: holistic, a holistic <laughs> version of that. Right. Like I I, I, think about that, you know, my 10, 11, 12, 13 year old self and this little Tom was a little like tough. You know, I remember that. I mean, I went to Catholic school and, you know, I would wear my Doc Martens with my uniform. And there was this little boy that I don't know what happened, but I kicked him in the shin because he's probably been a dick. <laughs> and, and I got in trouble, and they outlawed Doc Martens. After that, we couldn't no. wear them. <laughs>
1: it wasn't like the steel toad, you know. was the steel-toe. It wasn't the
0: steel-toe, but you know, it was this whole moment. Like, had it been the other way around, I always wonder. Like, you know. Anyway, but it was interesting. And um, and then I think when I went into high school, there was this way in which I mean, because I was boy crazy you know i i and i and i and i think sometimes i think back about was it that i was really boy crazy or is that i was seeking validation probably a little bit of both um seeking validation in my yeah beauty in my you know physical appearance and i knew that for a girl mm-hmm. the only way to do that was for a boy to you know validate that and so i think i was like the only way i'm gonna do that is if i mm mm-hmm if is if I play up my femininity Mm
1: -hmm. and so there was this there
0: was a lot of confusion I think for me because I kind of liked being the tough chick but I Mm -hmm. also wanted to get the attention of boys so there I felt like there was a lot of like performance you know either way Mm -hmm. um but I really I I learned Mm -hmm. I learned Mm -hmm. quickly that my sexuality was an asset, like, you know, my body yeah. could get a lot of attention. And so there was this shift in as, as far as my aesthetics, with, you yeah. know, personality wise, I was still kind of tough, which was also weird, because people would say, tell me, like, if I liked somebody, a guy, and you know, wasn't quite getting his attention, they would say, Oh, it's because you're really intimidating. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I was all of like five foot. How am I going to be intimidating to these like? You are your mother's daughter, (laughs) you know. I Uh, yeah. I think it
1: was to be masculine, to be like tough, or to be, to be like both. Like we had pretty privilege. Let's just name that. We were both really like. I mean, you were sporting all the time i was i was cheerleading all the time like let's yeah. the weird weird world but we we're both really in shape right and we yeah. were coming into like our bodies into like and um so but and the way that i i came into power was by also being unattainable by being like you know intimidating mm. kind of by that or by being like just like like you know and 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 because because you know the the tale the narrative the dominant narrative you know in high school is you don't want to be you don't want to be like your life taken over you don't want to be like used by this person you don't want to be that that girl Mm. that latina you know that you Mm -hmm, know like you mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um and you want to come into you want you want to be in control and power and i just think god that's all we heard from our you know our families growing up um yeah. and and this is how it worked for us, along with doing well in school.
0: You know, we were smart uh, We were smart. Right. So kids, it, it was like we like, were you know, when you said like had we had access to they them, we would have leaned into that. and I and I and I totally agree because it there like I said, it was confusing because I liked the kind of hmm. tomboy aesthetic but not all the time, you know, there was no idea of like gender fluid, right? Like we didn't have that, but really that's probably what we were (laughs) and maybe what we still are. But like we were, we were very much bending the boundaries of gender, but within these narrow confines of it. So it brought on a lot of insecurity. It brought on a lot of like um, Mm. fear of what's going to happen, you know, if I go Mm -hmm. too far outside of the boundary. And Mm -hmm. I think there was still a lot of policing around our gender, you know, on one hand, I wore something that was too skimpy. It was like, oh, you can't wear that because blah, 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 blah. And then if I wore something that was too boyish, it was like, well, you know, like it was, it was kind of a lose-lose situation. You know, there was a lot of sort of policing around that. And I think, um, I mean, there was policing around gender identity, gender, uh, um, you know, performance, gender and sexuality. There was like a a, that was I think the struggle was. um, And then, like you said, we were smart girls. And eventually, you know, so we're high school. We go into college, into grad school. And at the end of the day, you know, masculinity and toxic masculinity is rewarded in our society yeah. right very much <laughs> rewarded and so and on we just some talked level, about ways
1: in which it would be rewarded in like not having children kind of ways right like if oh we, yeah you know we just so yes yeah
0: and so I think you know definitely subconsciously we knew okay in order to be successful mm-hmm. we have to perform like a man, right? Like you said, the first mm-hmm. way feminism was like, how do we gain equality? We call e- equality to men by acting like men. And mm-hmm. so on some level, we did that, you know, by mm-hmm. overperforming, right? By mm-hmm. being super smart, right? To prove mm-hmm. that girls can be smart, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. To prove that Latinas mm-hmm. can graduate, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Um, This like this, continuous urge to overperform and overwork ourselves to prove um, our value in a man's world right um but at what cost (laughs) yeah
1: I think that inability or that you know skill we learned which was a survival skill which likes to like kind of disassociate I don't I don't want to name I don't know what it I don't know exactly what what it is but there is a I'm not gonna feel those I'm not gonna feel that you know I'm gonna and I'm gonna pretend I'm gonna Mm -hmm. believe a lie that says I'm not gonna feel that later on either like it's forgotten (laughs) it's gone right like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and that and also I think you know, I think testing the parameters of this box that we grew up with, up in. And, and I think maybe, maybe even during that time, I just, I thrived off of that a little bit. I was just like, mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. it helped me know where the parameters were, but um, I,
0: I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think it was, you know, if we, I mean, we'll come back around to the, what the lessons we learn. And but I think the other thing about sort of feeling like success meant performing this sort of version of masculinity, it is it leads to burnout, especially in a capitalist society where yeah. masculinity is rewarded, overworking is rewarded. Mm -hmm. Um, or it's, or it's not even that it's rewarded because it really fucking isn't right. Like I'm not seeing a a fair exchange for the work that I do, but it is glamour. It is, um, romanticized, right? Like, oh, you got to work really, really hard. And that's how you prove that you deserve things in the world is if you work really hard and which we know leads to burnout, we know leads to mental health issues. Like we know, and I think, you know, being for me, being almost forty <laughs> in like six yeah. months, like <laughs> six months, <laughs> um, to be almost forty and feeling so tired. I'm like, mm-hmm. why the fuck am I so tired? And I, it is because we've had to like be chasing this hamster wheel for so long, um, believing that that was. So sometimes Tommy and I will even talk about like oh, I'm just tired of like it feels like i'm just like spinning my wheels and he's like well that's just life and i'm like no it's not just fucking life
1: that was that was totally my point was in the box learning how to, to how to control that or to make it work was not sleeping sometimes right like there yeah. was like we definitely like burn like just we learned to become workaholics that's like that's mm. that's how you that's how you make that i was talking to my students this morning we had i had some office hours and i was and I was they're talking about all their different things. And I was like, you know, this, the man really, well, the white man really wants to keep us like doing, hustling, all these different things. You know, I think that's really mm-hmm. intentional. And I, and I think that um, it just scatters our energy, but also you're right, right. Here we are almost 40, 40 and like nearing <laughs> the forties in the forties somewhere. I don't know. Anyways. And we are just tired right we've been (laughs) we've been working I don't know when did we start when do we start that performance I mean I mean I mean maybe everyone does this but yeah there's something about you and I that we know and this is why we work together so well and because it helps us to to like you know tap out like hey you you go you know yeah 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 um is we just we've been going you know 100% 100% or more, you know, yeah, right. The whole message, you got to give 100%. And I think in college, it's like, that is effed up.
0: No, you got to give 110%. I only, I, have a,
1: I only have 100%, you know, like, yeah. so yeah, 110, yeah. I don't even have that, you know, I can give you 10%. You know, like, we've just learned how, we're still learning how to give our energy, in ways that it comes back to us because that was just like, you know, fighting against this box or getting straight A's or, you know, um, keeping that distance between us and people who would like to, you know, abuse, like take our power, take our energy, you know, like all of it takes so much energy.
0: No. And when you said disassociate, that is exactly like, that's the nail on the head because, um, that's exactly what I do because I learned that that was, I had to like, you know, if I was feeling this emotion and in my family's message was like, no, you can't show emotion. Cause you gotta be tough. and You gotta wake up the next day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I learned to like bottle that shit up or to suppress that or to yeah. disassociate so that I didn't have to even turn it off. I could just be like, oh, whoa, I'm just going to pretend like, you know, that didn't happen. And I learned that. So, I mean, gosh, I, you know, how often I do that now I'm much more aware of when it happens now than I was even 10 years ago. But when you, when you realize that you're like, fuck, I'm, I'm disassociating. I'm, I am closing off all of my emotions so that I don't feel those ugly emotions. But what that, like, there was a time in my life when I said, oh, when I disassociate, I'm not able to feel joy either. Like I learned how to turn everything off. And, um, (laughs) <laughs> and, and I think that's
1: it's, totally it yeah and it's not just
0: like tired but it's like I think we're just it, 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 you know I remember when I I think having kids was a big it was like a big wake-up call to be like no there's got to be another fucking way than this shit you know yeah. I remember dealing with so much what I now know is like postpartum anxiety and I was explaining to uh. my mom and my grandmother and they were like oh well that's just motherhood and I'm like No, like it was they just accepted that living with a certain level of anxiety was just the burden of motherhood. And I was like, no response
1: to mother, you know, to like there can be a different
0: way. Or I remember when I was younger, having conversations with people about like, God, I wish I could just, you know, like. Uh, about work and career and you know they were like no you got to pay your dues and you can't be entitled enough to think that you deserve to get you know blah 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 like right away you got to pay your dues and I'm like what the fuck does that mean (laughs) and you know this was maybe 20 years ago and at the time I was like oh yeah yeah I gotta pay my dues and now I'm like "Nah, fuck that shit you know like what does that mean? That's still perpetuating capitalism. That's still perpetuating this hierarchical bullshit. And I think that um, more and more I'm like, no, there's another way to do these things. And I think, you know, to bring us back to our kids, our children. Yeah. That's it. it's, It's like, we know the, we know the trauma of, Toxic masculinity, you know, and I, I hope we painted a good picture of the nuanced ways that toxic masculinity affected us, the ways that we even sort of perpetuated it and performed it. Um, yeah. But it's like we know what the outcome of that is, <laughs> and we know it's burnout. We know it's um, it's a it's it's violent aggression. Uh, you know, it's it's abuse. It's you know, we know the outcomes so how can it's we also then- like
1: calling back like our full selves it's it's creating time yeah. like it's 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 like I'm here I'm here now Miha, you can come back you know it's really like create it's, it's the Ugh. work of reintegration um <laughs> and I I know all those other things are hard but I feel like that is you know that that is a lifelong process. You know, I Mm -hmm. feel like, you know, we spent, let's say these disassociations are where, let's say we spent, you know, I don't know, 30 years,
0: 35
1: Mm -hmm. years, you know, disassociating or maybe like we've been so, you know, sober to it, like understanding of it, like in our late, our late twenties or something, or it's just going to take that long to Mm -hmm. integrate, you know, it just takes, it just takes so much.
0: I, and I think I'm like, what is this
1: feeling? Oh, this feeling is I don't know what this feeling is, but it's not good.
0: It's not joy,
1: you know, and it's not right. it's not, you know? it's,
0: not um, it's not it's not helpful. Right. It's not like and I think, you know, it, it's then looking at my kids and, you know, even, you know, I, I love Tommy. I love my husband. And I think it's harder, hard for him to acknowledge his own impacts of toxic masculinity because even you know if i was told to shut down my emotions boys were even more so taught to shut down their emotions and so it is when when i'm like trying to get something out of him and be like what the fuck do you feel and he's like i don't know i'm like i actually believe him i believe he doesn't know because he he has disassociated (laughs) Mm -hmm. for so long at a deep 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 level because at least if i went hysterical I was just called hysterical, right? Yeah. Um, but he that wasn't even allowed for him, you know And so I think it's you know, how do we I don't want my kids to be adults and not know how to name their feelings and not know or feel like I, they don't need to you know my brother will often say and if he ever listens to this you know I love you <laughs> but he will often say like oh I don't get stressed out or I don't let things bother me and I'm like but you have <laughs> um and I think that like like we have to really pay attention to those things right um Because that's not like that's not that's not that's not a thing to be proud of. Like, oh, I just let things roll off my back. Like, no, like that's just not human. That's not realistic. I don't want my that's not the kind of coping skills I want my kids to have, you know. And again, they're going to, you know, as boys, (sighs) they're going to learn these messages of how to be boys and how to be men from this world that can be very toxic, you know, and to say like, oh, this is how, you know, the world will say this is how you treat girls this is how you treat women this is how you treat each other and you know that message comes to them in so many different ways that are that's out of my control and so it's like what do we give our kids to be able to um see recognize that much earlier than we did right because like you said we didn't recognize until we were like oh shit like Why am I like this? Oh, right. Because of all of these, you know, all of this stuff that happened. And it's, you know, so for us, it's like, how can we give our kids more options to perform their gender? Um, Because I think the other thing is masculinity. My thought is masculinity in and of itself is not toxic. It becomes toxic because of a patriarchal society. Right. Like, so there's beautiful things about femininity as there are beautiful things about masculinity but it's the same thing when people ascribe fatness with ugliness right or fatness with devalue but fatness is just a descriptive word right when Mm -hmm. we erase all the social Mm -hmm. construct around it and i think the same thing around masculinity i don't think masculinity in and of itself is um a dirty word it's when it when patriarchy has said that it is more valuable therefore we all are like competing to be, you know, and then it becomes toxic and we all have masculine and feminine qualities. And how can we embrace that, right. For ourselves. You know, I think we are, when we reflect back on our, on our, you know, childhood and thinking about, we were kind of already doing that, but didn't necessarily know how to do that. Right. Um, and then we're, now we're kind of still figuring that out. Like, what does that mean? How can we play with our gender in ways that You know, we kind of did when we were little, but then we kind of got out of because we were policed back into, you know, these very specific gender roles. And so now it's like, how do we give our kids room to explore their gender, explore the the beauty of their own femininity, explore the beauty of their own masculinity in a way that does not perpetuate toxicity, abuse, violence, all of those things.
1: I love that. I think that gender fluidity you spoke to, you know, that we were, you know, um, expressing and maybe, you know, and, and continue to want to express. I, you know, I think that is where we can lean into that for ourselves, you know, and for mm. our children, maybe even having conversations around how we can name those things in our family, like having personal mm-hmm. definitions. Um, and, and then also, um, <laughs> my little one is right here <laughs> distracting me in a wonderful way I love you puppy um yeah I just think there is there so that's the gift the other gift I think that or the thing that we can do these are things that I were trying to do I think for ourselves and it doesn't come naturally because I think having this conversation mm-hmm. reminds me it's like okay that's right that's right I want I want there's more there's more in here in me you know there's more in me i have mm. i have glimpses of it in the past and then there's more that i don't even know um i don't know what you know she they she uh, you know mm-hmm. looks like you know i don't know um and that's magical i mean that we we do a lot of it in our writing course you know
0: yeah
1: the other thing is we have community support so i just want to mention latinx parenting you know i just want mm-hmm. to mention mm-hmm. like spaces that um, um, allow us to, to, um, have, have particularly when it comes to children, you know, when it comes to our children, you know, um, and speaking of Latinx parenting, it, um, reminds me of, uh, Leslie's, you know, mentor and mine, Sylvia, you know, Mm -hmm. yesterday she was saying, you know, when I express explosive or aggressive behavior or victimed behavior. I, there's probably another word for that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm also, I'm also doing that for my inner child. You know, I'm also like, I'm not mm. just doing that around Jaguar. Like I am also tra- traumatizing myself, um, my, my, my young self, you know? And so there's a moment there. And so she's like, step into guidance. What do you think, what do you think you could do? And I was like, my, my solution was to sing. I was like, I could sing a song. <laughs> She's like, yes. She's like, yes, you know, for highly yeah. sensitive people. So so both, you know, doing the work um, within ourselves, community support yeah. um, from, you know, and partic- particularly, we have them around us and we lean into them all the time, you know, so. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think you're right to,
0: to name our own process and our own journey so that they can see, you know, the ways we process it. I think, you know, and we've said it time and time again, we're not going to undo all of the generational trauma in this one generation. I think the one of the best things we can do is to at least give them the tools to continue the work that we've started, you know, to say, when I mess up, <laughs> when I inevitably fuck you up, <laughs> I will pay for your therapy, you know, or I will, you know, I will support you in any way I can, knowing that I, you know. Whereas we've had to call out our mothers and our parents over and over and say, like, like, try to have them understand, we love them, but we're still, you know, there was a lot of things that we didn't like about how they did things, you know. Hopefully, we can be much more um, acknowledging of like, oh yeah, we've we fucked up a lot of times and you know but we did the best we could and here's some tools to process the shit that I you know I think sometimes right. that's like you that's, the that, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. do, that's the you best I can do the best
1: yeah here's here's what I I've used and then you keep on and I always forget this word is it recovery no it's um there's another word you, you use often it's it's you know it's always about going back and having the conversation it's always going oh
0: back. um it's not about the, it's not about the, oh, what does Leslie say? It's about the, oh my gosh. I'm like, Leslie. <laughs> it's going to be our a...
1: big word. It's going to be the big I word. I know. But, yeah.
0: um, but it's, you know, it's, it's the going and apologizing after the big outburst, right? It's the going and saying, you know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. I'm working on it, you know, you know, and I think, um, um I think, yeah, giving them those kinds of tools, giving them the I and I mean I try to work I'm I need to work on being more transparent and being like yeah, I'm not perfect you know I don't expect you to be perfect and sometimes it's hard you know not to to do those things um Cruz is really funny like for Thanksgiving you know we all try to dress not you know we were having a meal with my mom and and you know gonna you know wear some nice clothes and Cruz is he hates nice clothes so he's like I don't understand why do I have to look so perfect it's just you know another day blah blah blah. and I'm like I know I go but sometimes things are special and he's like nice clothes are so uncomfortable and it really had me like reflecting on huh. you know because even Tommy was like oh well he's just you know I don't care if he's uncomfortable he's got to wear something nice and I was like I think we can find a, me- a happy medium between looking nice and um, something that's comfortable. Right. So I told him, I said, I, instead of saying something nice, I said something special, like for Christmas, let's, you can go with me and we'll shop for a special outfit for Christmas so that we can, you know, we can, it could be a special day and we're going to wear our special clothes. You know, I was trying to reframe it in that versus to say, like, I don't care that you're uncomfortable, you know, which is, (laughs) again, yes. what my mom would have said, yeah,
1: <laughs> and, I, and sure. again, and I know that
0: Tommy's, you know, he's also having to meet these perceptions of perfectionism, you know, and, and it's, you know, he's, it's harder for him to, um, to unlearn those things. You know, I don't know if he's, mm-hmm. you know, we all are just in different places in our journey. So I just have to like remind him, it's remind okay, a whole thing, but I think it's just giving them as much options as we can, you know, and and also I think a simple way is, you know, like we said, we were policed, our gender was policed, our sexuality was policed, and so if we can at least, you know, if it's if we don't have a lot of capacity to bring in all these new things that we can do with our kids, at least we can not do that, right? So we can we cannot say. Oh, you can't play with that because that's for girls, or you can't do that because that. You know what I mean? If we can just drop that language, I think that's a huge step. You I know, think
1: so too. Yeah, I think
0: you know. I I do my best, especially with toys and clothes and things, to just say, you know, whatever yeah. you want to play with, whatever you want to do, and I'm trying from the beginning to colors. have all these
1: different options. You know, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean that's um,
1: and but also recognizing that we're just again. I know you always say this, but seven generations. We're just the next generation. Yeah. We're just we're just trying what we can in this generation. Yeah, um,
0: and again, it's so like I love that.
1: This how giving... you got where the other day we were talking about um, family and and um, talking about queer, straight, gay, like these terms because I think it's important. And mm-hmm. at the end of that conversation, he was like, "I'm a gay." I'm a gang you know because I mean how we talked about it is like you know like these are you know who likes to hang out with other people that's kind of just the idea at the moment you know and um, it was so sweet and I just thought I think that is how that is how with ease you know the ease of that the ease of you know these is is the is the hope is you know to bring into it so like when we, we do talk about masculinity and femininity, you know, and non-binary ways of being and, um, making it a continued conversation, a continued creative. Cruz,
0: his, my story with Cruz was, um, so last year they were doing school at the Girl Scouts camp. And so now we live really close to it. So we'll pass by it. And then will be like, Oh, we miss, you know, we miss going to the Girl Scouts camp and Cruz will say, I can never go to the Girl Scouts camp anymore because I'm, I'm not a girl. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm sure they'll have events and, you know, it's okay. And I said something about the Boy Scouts and I, you know, I was driving and I'm just kind of having this conversation. And then he goes, well, what about people who are, are neither a boy or a girl? do they have to, like, he was real, like, do they have to choose or do they not get to go at all? And like, he was just going on and on. I was like, that is a fairly good question, Bruce. (laughs) Like, you know, like I felt like, oh yeah, he's calling me on my shit. Like, here I am just like, uh, not really paying attention to even the words that I'm using, just, you know, whatever. And he was very adamant, like, that's not fair that, you know, they, they won't get to participate if, you know, because there's you know, there's nothing, there's no options for them. And I was like, you're right, Cruz, that's that's unjust. And <laughs> we need to, you know, that's a, a good thing to bring to the attention. Um, and and then it was like, a, oh thank god, I'm doing my job. <laughs> if he understands like there's yeah. there's gender beyond the binary, you know. Um, yeah. and then I'm always asking him because you know, he's almost nine and he's in third grade, and so you know, there's all kinds of dynamics happening, and so I'll be like, do you like anybody? Like, and he's like, he's like, no, I don't want to talk about him. (laughs) He's so funny. Um, It's such a beautiful
1: thing. It's such a beautiful conversation. Yeah, that would feel great. And it's such such beautiful clarity he brings to it. He's like, what? Like, that's not fair. Like, that's no, I love that.
0: And I think that that's Again, it's like okay, that's a win. You know, like we don't have to. I think I've said this. We were not given the manual on how to raise our kids outside the binary. We were not how to given the manual on how to raise our kids. understanding you know the the, the construct the social constructiveness of gender and sexuality but we were definitely given the manual on how to perpetuate toxic masculinity yeah. and how to perpetuate patriarchy and racism and all of these things so for us to have to yeah raise kids differently is like we are making shit up as we go along
1: we are, and actually, I think I mentioned, mentioned this before, I can't remember, but in the colorism, thinking of the colorism um, conversation we had um, and thinking about how in order to like counter racism and in, in our in ancestry in our spaces, we have to like, soup, we have to make it super available. We have to say, you know, that, um, that, that dark brown woman is beautiful. And then similarly, we yeah. have to do that with, you know, I think with gender and sexuality too, we have to make mm-hmm. it an obvious conversation.
0: as as we're dealing with our children in real time
1: (laughs) this is the the wi-fi was affecting him too um i so um i wanted to play when the doves cry or just that one
0: yeah let's let's close our conversation and i think you know we can obviously, I think, continue to talk. About, I mean, I was just having a conversation with my students, like closing out the semester. And I was like, you have any questions? And she's like, you know, in throughout the class, you really focused a lot on like blaming men for things. But I feel like women need to take responsibility, too. And I was like, how? <laughs> and she's like, well, because sometimes women are judgmental towards other women. And I was like, why do you think that is? And she was like, I don't know. I was like, I think that's a question we need to like discuss and reflect on. Right. Because ultimately women judge other women because of patriarchy. Right. Because of like sex, you know, Mm -hmm. because Mm
1: -hmm.
0: of the male gaze. Right. And so I was trying to like, you know, because I think there's this this kind of thing of like, oh, well, women are bad, too. Or women are toxic, too. And it's like yes but why are they toxic there's it's you know whether women are toxic or men are toxic it's still patriarchy right like it's still the same machine and i think that you know you know that's why we i think we're trying to look at the nuances of the impact of toxic masculinity the ways we we sometimes learn to perform it and how it created this kind of you know burnout you know um and envisioning a world where we don't have to do that, where we can, um, you know, the hustle, we talked about the hustle and the idea that in in order to be successful, especially for us as entrepreneurs, right? Like we have to hustle all the time. And we're like, no, we we are trying to do this. So we don't have to fucking hustle all the time. So we can have more breathing time, you know, breathing room, and we don't have to be Mm-hmm. performing you know and burning out
1: i'm reminded of alice walker's um definition of womanist and um, the parts where she um leans into softness and roundness there is a th- there is something in that i think that we're we're, con- we're still learning to do and i think i think it is mm-hmm. um i think it's powerful i think we're doing and great I think- work this conversation and because
0: we have boys you know again it's going to be even more so important so that they're not going out and mm-hmm. you know obviously we don't want them to be the the hands and arms of toxic masculinity we, we want them to be able to treat other anybody that they come in contact to with empathy and compassion um at the you know at the forefront while holding boundaries um but we also want, don't want them to be impacted negatively, right? Like we want them to be able to express their emotions. We want them to be able to feel like they can communicate, like they can, you know, be their full selves, Um, but it is a challenge, because mm-hmm. we're still figuring it out for ourselves, we're still like, oh, wait, maybe we still are gender fluid, like, maybe we still are playing with that, even though, you know, we, it was policed out of us, you know, by the age of 13, right, and, or you're 20 or 25, you know, um, I mean, I was called yeah. a lesbian up until, like, the day I got married, <laughs> and it wasn't like, hey, you're a lesbian, it was like, You know, it was just this. And so I even sometimes think like, you don't want people to think you're a lesbian. Right. And so I even sometimes think like, fuck, I got that. I mean, at 11, I was called a lesbian as an insult. And so I'm like, I learned that that was a bad thing. So did I shut down a whole part of who I was? Because I knew that society was going to punish me for that. So (sighs) when I go back, I'm like, maybe I was. Like, maybe I was much more, you know, by you know back then but I I learned to shut that part of myself down you know I don't know I mean who knows and I think that's the thing I don't want my kids to be feeling that kind of anxiety about you know I want them to have the full expansiveness of the experience of life and the experience of who they are and and it's all a work in progress you know it is are you ready yeah We want to let them be able to cry and ourselves cry i know i'm trying to find
1: Oh, sorry they feel the heat for some reason it just got me thinking about maybe i'm just too dim oh that's right
0: alone in a world (laughs) that's
1: so cold maybe i'm just too demanding this is the power of thinking maybe i'm just my mother too bold
0: Oh!
1: (laughs) I got all of those lyrics wrong, but I love it. What it
0: sounds like?
1: Oh! I think, yeah, Prince. Just
0: so much knowledge there. Talk about talk about gender fluid, right? Talk about like gender performance. Oof! But. Thank you, Renee. Yes. Gratitude. Ongoing conversation, obviously. And yeah, we have some some guests that we're going to be continuing to explore this topic with. And we hope it continues to give more nuance to to this. So yeah, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you.